Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Hey, hey, welcome to our December podcast. It's Christmas. Christmas time. Christmas time in the city. <laughs> I, in the country for me. Yeah, that's right. Country. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, are you excited about Christmas? I am. This is going to be Bo's second Christmas. I mean, really first, but he was tiny. He was a month old. Yes. Really, yeah, I guess a month and a half old last year. So this is going to be a really fun Christmas. Yeah, watching him just always figure so it special out. and sweet. And then watching his siblings see the joy of all his first of Christmas lights, and it's just going to be sweet. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, do you have a favorite thing this month? I do. And this might be good for listeners that still have young kids, and especially around Christmas time when they're not in school as much and you're looking for something to do. I actually got this idea from my son's um, cottage school teacher. So he's in pre-K. And this is a thing. It's always been a thing. Centers, you know what that is. Yeah. Like in kindergarten and pre-K when you split the kids up and they're doing their little center yeah. area to keep them um, occupied. So she went to the Dollar Tree and bought all these individual boxes, just like little plastic containers, and filled them with pre-made, ready-to-go things to do. And so I decided to copy her, and I went and made 10 little boxes of pre-cut, pre-made Things because this is what I'm struggling with, and mamas with young kids are probably going to really agree with this. I'm trying to buy myself some time to like make my breakfast or <laughs> fix my hair because yeah. as soon as I wake up, it's like, Mom, 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 can I do this? Can you do this? Will you make this cereal? Oh, I just spilled yogurt on the floor, and then I can't do anything that I need to do personally. And so, rather than then them running around and saying mom which makes me want to pull my hair out sometimes um I've decided that I'm just going to hand them a box on the dining room table and say play with this till the timer goes off and they're separate boxes so they can't fight you know they can switch later and it's working well it's working and there's no prep time like I'm not like hold on let me go find a puzzle because if you go and you find a puzzle well then they're going to fight about which puzzle they want so I'm like here take this box go to the table and it buys me at least 10 minutes. That's so at good. Least. You are preparing. For well, the... yeah. I mean, the prep time was like a couple of hours. Yeah. And it was super cheap from Dollar Tree. And it was worth it to you. Oh, so, so worth it. So that's my favorite thing. I love it. Hey, I'm trying to remember if I've named this favorite okay. thing. But um, it is one of my, still my favorite things from this last year. But it is an iron. An and it's iron. a... Um, it looks like a straightener okay. for your hair, but it's big, and it, you straighten your clothes with it, and that's oh. how you iron. No, I don't think you've shared this. It's really cool. Okay. Um, my husband ordered it. Yeah. Just as, like, he th- saw it, like, on Oprah's Favorite Things. Yeah. And he was curious to see how, you know, how it works, and, and I love it. So do you iron it, like, on the hanger? Yes, you can do that. Yeah, or, so you don't yeah. have to pull out the big table. Yes. Ironing board, not table. Yeah. <laughs> and lay your shirt. 
Yeah. It's brilliant. It is really cool. I've actually used my straightener to iron a shirt before. So, I didn't know that yeah, was Yeah, well, and it's kind of one of those things that's like, okay, duh, why yeah. hasn't this come out before? Right. I'm like, there's got to be, like, something that, makes more that, sense that I need action. to come up with, too, that yeah. we haven't thought of. They're like, it's just right in front of our face. Oh, like absolutely. Like that. So, absolutely. okay, I have a question for you. Okay. What is one thing you do around the holidays that helps you to slow down and be present? Yeah, that's a good one. And there's many more that I would like to add. As my kids are getting older and just... We're kind of in the phase now that they're understanding what Christmas is about and just all the traditions are starting. And mm-hmm. so I remember a couple of years ago, I kind of felt some pressure to get some traditions rolling. Like, what are we going to do for our family? And um, I just really value this time while they're in my home and they're young and everything is still so magical. Yeah. Um, it's just such a treat. Um, and it makes Christmas so much more fun for me. But what I've done probably for the last four years and y'all might throw things at me because I know we have a lot of, um, a lot of people love to decorate and go all out um, for Christmas, but I have stopped decorating so much Uh for Christmas and have gone really minimal. So we obviously have our tree Mm -hmm. and we make it beautiful. We have a little bitty tree for the playroom for all the fun kids, crafty ornaments Mm -hmm. that go in there. And then we have something for the front door and just a few odds and end things throughout the house that still make it feel special, but it's not so overwhelming because let's be honest, like who gets it all out? Who puts it all where it's supposed to <laughs> yeah. go? And then who puts it away? Yeah. Mom, usually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, dad, dad's helped get it out of storage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a lot for me. It was a lot of pressure. I started to dread it and I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And so I've just really slowed down with the um, decorating and said, hey, I'm going to use all the rest of the stuff in storage one day when I have more time and more helpers and hands that will actually help me. Um, and I've enjoyed it. I don't dread it on um, Thanksgiving. I just kind of pull it out, and it's sweet, and it takes like an hour. I love it. And, and you know, there's different ready. seasons for different seasons. Yes, exactly. So, like, you, this is great for you right now, but right one now. day, you, it will like change. you're saying, you it may will want to do more. When, I, when my boys are big, we're going to have so many Christmas lights on that house yeah. because that, they're going to be on ladders. But you may that. be like... But right now, no. But you may be like, I love this. <laughs> I want to keep doing it. That's this. true. It's minimal, and it, it also gives us more time to do the things I want to do, like the crafts or the stories, yeah. and we're not getting so bogged down with all the decorations and all of just the stuff. Yeah. The stuff is such yeah. a distraction for me right That's now. That's so good. Simplicity yeah. is always mm-hmm. great. Um, well, last Christmas, um, as all of you know that listen to our podcast, uh, we went through a very devastating time. And so this is a hard month again. I know I said that in um, November. Um, but I'm reminded of the word Emmanuel, Emmanuel, um, one of the titles of Jesus, meaning God is with us. Something that, you know, you hear every Christmas, but last Christmas, what it was just more, it became more meaningful. It never meant more to us than it did last Christmas because, um, you know, my nephew stepped into heaven and it was just a really, really beyond hard time but God being with us his presence was everything and you know as a Christian his presence 
is everything anyway, but really when something like this happens, it's just magnified and you realize that it really truly is everything. And so, you know, when Jesus came into this world, he was truly, literally God with us because God is with us. We know that we will never be separated from his love. God's presence assures us that we can accomplish his will for us. God's presence overcomes our fear, worry, dissatisfaction. The Holy Spirit who comes to live in us and when we are born again, he guides us. And this December reminds me of what I was reminded of in a powerful way, that God is at work, he is alive, he is near. And for my family and I, um, he gave us hope, joy, and comfort in the hardest time of our life. And he has done that not just last December, but every day since then. And, um, you know, Emmanuel, God with us, means that much to me every single day, not just Christmas, but I'm more reminded of it. And, and I, I'm focused more on it this Christmas than I ever have, you know, um, other than last Christmas that reminded me of it. Um, but anyway, so I just want to encourage our listeners, wherever you're at, celebrating Christmas, whatever you're doing, um, just be reminded that Emmanuel, God, is with us. He is truly with us. Nikki Leonti is a singer-songwriter from Corona, California. Prior to her work in urban R&B and electronic dance music, she recorded contemporary Christian music albums. She lent her vocals to over 250 songs during four seasons of the musical comedy drama television series, Glee. Nikki is married to singer-songwriter Ryan Edgar. She has three children, daughter Jaslyn, who's 23, son Jordan, who's 19, and daughter Frankie, who is eight. She loves time with her family, including her new puppy, Rocky. Welcome, Nikki. This is a fun day for me. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. We've been planning this for a good while, and it just finally today is the day. This is the day day. that God had planned. So how are you doing? I am so good. I was so excited this morning when I woke up. I'm like, I get to talk to you guys today. This is great. I've been well. I'm over here on the West Coast um, in sunny California, and it's been awesome. Oh, I, that sounds amazing. It does. I love I was there. California's weather. Okay, well, really quick, let me tell you guys how I know Nikki Leonti. Her, um, okay, 97? 98. Let's see. Lance and I, Lance was a student pastor in West Monroe, Louisiana at Cedar Crest Baptist Church. And um, I believe it was 98, 99. I don't know. You can tell me because you'll know when your song came, your album came out. Um, But we loved Nikki Leontes, um, her her voice amazing and so Lance loved bringing Christian artists in and so we brought her in for a concert and we got to spend the day with her and um we just fell in love with her we loved her so um it's just fun because we've reconnected like we had not seen you in so many years I mean like how many years was that I mean too many yeah way too many (laughs) 
um, 20 something years. And it was just like, we didn't even know each other that well. We had just met, spent the day, but I just feel like you've kind of like been in my heart all of these years and it was like a reunion. And so we've stayed connected and you've got an amazing story. So I'm excited for you to share it with our listeners today. Yes, I'm so excited. And you know, it's when you travel on the road and you go to different venues, especially that time in my life, I was doing over 200 shows a year. Um, it's always great when you have like a spiritual connection to someone that you remember, because there may be three or four people from that time in my life where I went and sang there that I remember them yeah. and it had like an impact. And that's what y'all were for me. It was a, a, you know, a moment that you don't forget and meaningful connection that you don't forget. And that lasts forever. Oh, that so, means so much. Thank you for telling me that because it really was for us too. And now we see why it's just cool how God, you know, connects people and it's really, truly him. Um, I do have a funny story and I've shared it with you, but I want to share it with Allie and our, <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say when I told you? I was like, I just remember you because Nikki's a California girl. I'm a Louisiana girl. <laughs> and I just remember you. You are only imagine. You are so about. young. I mean, I was so young. I got married young. So Lance and I had only been married for a few years, but I think I was like maybe 22. Um, and she was 15. Is that right? I don't yeah, know. about round yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. So I just remember going, you are so like had lots of energy and just so joyful. And I just remember that about you. And um, we took you to see my, my sister's newborn baby. We have a picture of that. That was sweet. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember you saying, okay, like I've heard that like people sit on their porch and eat grits here. <laughs> <laughs> and for, it was just hilarious to me. Cause I was like, wait, we have had grits, but I don't remember ever sitting on my front porch. Know, maybe like sweet tea. Eating like grits. Before. And I don't eat them every day. But it's just funny because, you know, you have different like thoughts and perceptions of different people living in. I mean, yeah. you know, people a lot of times think just because we uh, I'm from Louisiana that we're automatically Cajun. Uh -huh. And we're not. I'm yeah. from Northeast, like Louisiana, which is totally different. Right. You know. Right. So anyway, that was just so funny to me. So I remembered that. Well, you know. I think around that time I was on a radio station and I was saying how I hadn't tried grits. And that was just always something you heard about, you know, us Californians like, oh, they eat grits and do this and that. And I, I said on air that I hadn't tried grits. And at my concert that night, about eight ladies came in with homemade grits and Tupperware for me <laughs> to try. I was like, I don't know if I want to eat this right now, but thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's hilarious. Great. Well, okay, we're going to let you share your story. I know we only have so much time. So um, could you just jump on in there and and share it with us? Yeah. So I grew up, you know, in a family of ministers and singers and musicians in Southern California. And I started singing in church, I think, at the age of like six or seven years old. And fast track to being 13. And I won a contest through a Christian radio station out here. And I, the winner got a cruise and a record deal with a local record label, which is funny. And so I started making a Christian, independent Christian project. And 
that ended up finding its way to um, Nashville. There was a producer there with a record label and they flew out to my hometown, heard me sing, signed me to a deal. The age of 14, by the time I was 15, I was traveling the country. Um, the the album had done well. It, I had like a number one song and then four top five singles from that record. And things just went really fast, really quick. And um, I was really sheltered growing up and um, I'd never had like any dealings with relationships or anything like that. And I ended up meeting someone on the road and found out shortly after that I was pregnant and would become a teen mom. And, you know, within that, it was a decision to, you know, to do this. I know that I can't be in the Christian music industry anymore and that won't be available to me. And, um, you know, but I wanted to have my daughter. And so I just went ahead and told everyone, hey, I'm pregnant. And I got off the road immediately and started down this path of being a young mom. And I married, you know, within a week of finding out I was pregnant to try and redeem the situation. I thought it would, but I ended up marrying someone who had some really bad, uh, addictions and issues. Um, and so, you know, about three years into that, that ended, uh, he had out, uh, extramarital affairs and things like that, but it was, you know, a really hard situation. And then my life continued to unravel for a couple more years as I was grappling with my faith and, you know, what it meant to be this single mom and, you know, what questioning if God loved me, if he was there for me. I felt, you know, a lot of rejection at the time in the church and in the Christian music industry, but I started relating that to how God felt about me. And um, I ended up actually at that point, I got a phone call to go out on the road with Carrie Underwood and to be her background singer for several years I did that and just started kind of trying to create a space where I can still survive because music was all I knew. It's all I uh, was educated to do, really. I didn't grow up in like a, a, a an educationally uh, motivated family. It was like our dining room table was a drum set. So I, I just didn't know how to adjust. And so I just kind of was in survival mode. But I ended up finding my way back to California, signing a record deal, working in the film industry, writing for uh, television and commercials. And um, God, you know, did a lot for me in my life. And there was one point where I just felt like God was like, it's time to get off the road and focus on your family and your kids and what that means. And by doing that and honoring that God just brought everything to me and I didn't ever miss out on anything. There was just always incredible moments that God brought into my life um, in it within that. And so I ended up around 12 years ago meeting my husband and, you know, I'm throwing everything in on a super fast track here, guys. Uh, I, I met my hu husband and he you know, was a worship pastor and traveled and an artist and 
so many wonderful things. But when I met him, I had already been on the path back to the Lord and things, but he just really helped solidify like our direction and where we're going. And his grace and love for me was something that I always relate to an extension of what I believe God's heart is for us. And I I was always nervous about my past and I had, you know, two kids and gone through divorce and all these things. And he, my husband was always like, this is awesome. And he ended up adopting, you know, my daughter and he's just, you know, it was just an amazing restorative thing for me. And I felt like, you know, as wild as my past was and as crazy as some of the twists and turns were that God redeemed the story and rewrote something that was better than I could imagine it to be. And within my career and within my family life and in churches and all the things that we do, there's just this thread that God has put through all of it, that he's woven together this piece that has just been beyond my imagination and just such a testament of the unfailing love and grace that God gives. And and he's continued to walk me through. Sometimes I feel like, and I'm going to give away my age here, but like on Frogger, when you're going through and all the cars are come, like sweeping through, but somehow God is bringing me through those little breaks in the traffic to get to the other side um, and getting me to this other side of my life has been amazing and, uh, and wild. There's so many stories within that. So I just feel very grateful and blessed. Absolutely. I love hearing your story again, because, you know, when we first got to reunite after all those years, I was just so curious, like, because, you know, I told you, I know it's, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it any other way, except for like, I think I told you, I'm like, you just been in my heart all of these years. And I just, um, I remember when you got, we, our babies were born the same year. And I just remember thinking, because we met the year before that, I think. And I just remember after that, we moved, I had a baby and I just remember Lance telling me um, that you were having a baby. And we, I was just like, all these years, I was just like, okay, what has happened? And when you shared your story, you have gone through a lot of junk. I mean, there's probably a better word for that, but (laughs) what I love about your story is as much as you have gone through I see God's faithfulness all in there and just where you are now. You talk about your husband. I know your husband and he is amazing. I mean, he is just such a gift. I know you guys are both a gift to each other. And um, I just love seeing that God pursues us and sometimes it takes longer, you know, to get us to where he wants us. Um, but I know he's taught you a lot through that. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the first questions I want to ask you is, um, with all that you've gone through and all that you've seen, what is, what are you most passionate about, um, people knowing? Wow. I feel like the thing I'm, I'm the most passionate about is, is not being afraid to own our mistakes in life. I feel like God's 
strength is made perfect in our, in our weaknesses. And I, you know, I think even sometimes in religion and in, in my, you know, sector of it growing up, I saw a lot of pride and there were things that couldn't be talked about. And it was like, okay, there's family secrets. Don't let people know you're human. And I think I had this view of, of that growing up where you have to hide those things. And I feel like God has worked with me on a deeper level through that acknowledgement of I, I do need God's strength and power in my life because I can't do it on my own. And I have failed in my, you know, humanity and these things that used to bring me so much fear and shame about my choices or my circumstances or how my life looked on paper or you know, my kids had different fathers or all those things that would mess with my mind to make me feel like, you know, I didn't get it right the first time and I didn't have this storybook life, but that's okay. There's actually even more strength in, in, in that testimony of look at how far I've come, look what God brought me through. And I think it, uh, God's used me to talk to young women and, and teenagers and people of all kinds just to say, it's okay if your past looks funky, you know, it's okay. If, if there are things that you're embarrassed of of that you did, like you can move forward and not have that define you and not be labeled by your past or labeled by your choices, that there is redemption and you can have a life that's entirely different than maybe the path that you were on before, you know? So I feel like my passion is is for people to feel free and experience freedom and to know that it's okay. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, so many people, we all need to know that. We need to know that our past does not define us. And I mean, when we start walking toward Jesus, everything can be made new. Everything can be redeemed and restored. Yep. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Um, so my, my next question, though, that I want to ask, you have a book coming out next year. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I'm in the throes of the writing. <laughs> Tell us more about it. Um, well, it's going to have, um, it's not, okay, so it's not a memoir of, like, chronological order of chaos in my life first my story you know i had had set out to write this book a while ago and i was getting bored by it i wrote a whole book and i ended up scrapping it and starting over again because it just felt like i was checking boxes and you know i'm like i really want this to be a piece of my life and not everything you know, I, I still have so much life to live. And I think the hard thing is, as God heals me, every year that goes by, forgiveness goes deeper. And uh, I evolve and change as a person. And so things I might have written years ago have changed. Yeah. But now I'm like, you have to write it. Of course, you're going to look back and have God's going to teach you something new in five years that you're going to be like, why did I say that? Yeah. But that's just a part of being vulnerable and putting it out there. So, but this will be like on, it'll be a little comedic. It's going to be funny. And just like my, I really wanted it to be my personality where I can joke around, 
And that I could also be really serious about some of the harder parts of my life, maybe reveal some things that I'd never really had an opportunity to discuss. You know, people just saw me disappear from the industry and like, oh, she got pregnant. But I didn't get to explain like the circumstances surrounding that and, you know, what happened in my marriage and life. So I, it's taken me a long time to get here, but I think it's taken me that long because I really had been working on myself and my healing. And now is like the time where I finally feel ready. That's incredible. I'm sure that writing this is, has brought a lot of healing to you as well. Um, totally continuing to to be able to explain not that you need to explain you know not that we need to justify I know that that's not why you're doing it but just the to it just has to I I can only imagine how good it feels to just be able to say hey this is what you didn't know and this is where God showed up for me you know my story didn't just end when this life event happened you know it was right it was just the beginning honestly of God taking you even deeper into your walk with him. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I think things do come in seasons. And, you know, I was asked to be a part of this 90s Christian documentary that's coming out next year. And I want to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. And, you know, it's a harder one. It's called Safe for the Whole Family, which was kind of a slogan in the 90s. Um, When I agreed to do this, uh, documentary. I didn't know who was involved and, you know, what their stance was going to be. So, you know, my hope was that on my story that people took that on its own separate from maybe their opinions on everyone else. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Cause you know, these types of things are hard to talk about. And there is a part of the Christian music industry that operates exactly like the mainstream. Yeah, industry. It's an industry, you know. So, it's it's not so much how much is God working in the hearts of people when you perform, but like, what are the numbers? Mm-hmm. You know, how many? You know, I was just gonna say CDs. Oh my gosh, how <laughs> many? Un- how many units are you streaming or you know selling or whatever? Like, that's what's important, or else you won't have the funding. And so, it is operating like an industry fully. And so I think that they're shedding a light on that. But that was that was hard to do. That was hard to express, you know, some of the maybe more hard things that happened to me in the industry. But, you know, my hope is that I had asked them to please, even though I did have some unfortunate events that happened while I was in Christian music, that people would know my heart is for the church and is connected to God. And that is important to me because when we were on America's Got Talent, you know, I did in ways, I guess, get kicked out of the Christian music industry. You know, I obviously needed a chance to sit and to reflect and to take a break, you know, but coming back wasn't really an option. And so when we were on the the show, editing is a powerful tool. You know, they just edited kind of the parts that, they want the people to hear like I was kicked out of Christian music okay cut to the next part you know the more in-depth redemptive faith things weren't as highlighted so that makes it hard so with these things you know I can only hope that the full story is represented and that I can share the 
the full journey of where I've come to now. Yeah. So how did you work through that bitterness? Like, um, I can imagine like it, during that time you were like, your voice wasn't being heard. You weren't able to, you know, only pieces of your life were shown. I would think that that would, that would make me feel bitter yeah. towards them. You know, how did you work through that? Well, I was postpartum at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like dealing with major, like hmm. anxious feelings after I had my, my third child, you know? And, um, what made it hard was that like, I was reading all the comments and things online and it was, it really affected me deeply. I, um, I was more scared than anything because there's some wild people out there and uh, they were saying some things. And so I kind of got, I would like walk outside and be like, is someone going to find me? They they think, you know, that I don't love God or they were the more extremist people would say some pretty harsh things. So that was hard. You know, I worked through that. Um, I had great mentors and things that I was confiding in to kind of get through what that was for us because you know my daughter and husband were in it as well but it wasn't their stories as much that were highlighted it was about my past so yeah. it's a, a bit heavier to process and deal with but you know i i hormones are also a very powerful things so <laughs> I, I can't imagine you know balancing that. that out now you know i i can look back and i you know, I'm like, whoa, it was really hard postpartum to go through that. But, you know, God was definitely there every step of the way. And, and I was able to get through that season. But yeah. I, now I just feel like, well, I can share my, the fullness of my story in other ways. That's right. And I know you're talking about when you were on America's Got Talent, <clears throat> but going back to the very, um, after your first pregnancy and you are sharing about that, you and I talked about this and I think that you made a good point because, and I want to talk about this because I think it's really important. You, you, I remember you saying, you know what, I understand them, you know, making me take a break, yeah. but not ever like coming alongside you as the church and right. like, you know, that mentoring you, getting you back, because you have this amazing talent and that is the heartbreaking thing to me. And I think that is one of the biggest things from your story it's going forward. I know it's been 23 years ago, right. but like right. even today, like if a Christian messes up, we all mess up. But if it's in the public eye, not in the public eye, no matter what it is, if it's a leadership position, you know what? Don't just discount them from that job or that place or that right. position forever. I mean, there are certain things in the Bible where it talks about, you know, pastoral, um, yeah. but your talent for singing, I mean, that did not disqualify you to be singing. And right. yes, I, I agree with you, maybe for a little bit. Um, to yeah. get you in the, the a better place, a right place, but that didn't happen. And that to me is a sad thing because it did take you down a road. It wasn't everything, but I do think if you would have had a little bit more, um, what is the word I'm looking support. for? Support. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard, like just as Christians. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I, I, I've heard you say that. And I think that that's really important for us as Christians 
just, you know, be there. Right. Absolutely. No. And that was the hard part is that the race, the resources and the help weren't available, but I had spent, you know, I'd been working and paying taxes since I was 12 years old. And, and I had so much output in the ministry that was very meaningful to me. And I think the hard part was people were like, oh, that meant nothing to you. You didn't care about your platform and all these things. I'm like, I did. I was a broken person too. I had this platform and position to speak on abstinence and to be on these radio stations and do these things. But I had a hard time growing up and I had things that I was working against and dad issues and loneliness and stuff. And I didn't know how to navigate in a world of, you know, I, th I think I remember the only thing my parents telling me about finding my spouse was just make sure they're a Christian. And so the first guy to give me attention, who was a Christian, I'm like, okay, great. I didn't know about integrity and character and, and things. And, and he ended up being a predator and, you know, being arrested multiple times and all these things. I just didn't know how to navigate that. You know, it wasn't something I was equipped to do. And obviously I make decisions as well. I'm not saying that, you know, just making ev everyone else to blame for my life, but it was really hard. And I feel like, you know, these are the opportunities as the church to do things for people that can make them feel God's love and that they're supported. And I think that was the hardest part was just like the crickets, the silence. I remember as soon as I got off, I was on like a winter or freedom blast tour and I got home and I was throwing up from pregnancy and I was just alone. And I had, you know, before that I had managers, business manager, um, people who worked for me, record labels, you know, stuff and all these, this support system just disappeared. And it was just me and this complicated pregnancy. And it was hard. There's like this loneliness that kicked in that I wonder, does God love me? Is he, does he hear me? Does he listen? Like I was mad. I'm like, of all the guys, like, why didn't the first guy that I met that showed me any type of attention, why couldn't he have, have not been someone uh, involved in illegal things? Like why, you know, there's all these, these things that made it hard, but well, yeah. and, and just praise God. I mean, as your story has played out and how you found your way back to him, I mean, praise him for that, because mm -hmm. I, I know that that's not everybody's story, mm -hmm. especially I can't imagine being so you know big in the public eye and being almost burned for a mistake that you made mm -hmm. um, and almost like outcast, you know, gone right. and to even want to come back to the church or mm -hmm. even want to come back into a relationship with God. Um, and right. it's just really encouraging and how you did and what God has done with that. Absolutely. And I feel like that has nothing to do with the church itself, but the heart of God, mm -hmm. you know, it's like we can, we can look to the church systems and people and they'll always disappoint us. There'll always be things that can make us upset with humans being human. But, you know, when I shifted my focus into who God says I am and what he has for me and what he was doing in my life, then everything changed. It became a pure thing. When you take people out of the mix and focus on what God's saying, it, it is a really pure, uplifting exchange. 
I think about that song by Lauren Daigle. Um, is it Rescue? Rescue? Y'all know it. Yeah. I will rescue you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I just think so many times how in my life and my personal walk and then just even friends, how God will just come in and rescue us on our darkest days darkest hours. I picture you, you know, being alone without your support system and how you didn't even need another Christian to come in and scoop you, scoop you up and say, we got this, but you needed God. And that's exactly right. what he did as he stepped in and rescued you in your, just your despair and hopelessness. Yes. Well, we have a few more minutes, um, just a few more minutes. And I wanted to talk about something really fun. Um, okay. your, your marriage to Ryan. I think that is so fun. He is awesome. You guys are both amazingly talented. And um, I mean, the works that y'all, I mean, we couldn't even list all of the works. You can go on Wikipedia and you can see Nikki's um, just all the songwriting and all the works that she has done. It's just been incredible. And then Ryan, on top of that, so you guys are like the power duo and um, y'all have a song out. Um, uh, I know you'll have a bunch, like a few, right? But a new release. Oh yeah. As a couple, we have our first like official release, I guess you'd say. Oh, and, and so we. Sweet. I love it. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to do some songs that really highlighted marriage and the wondrous glory of marriage and what that is. So. <laughs> okay. Where can our listeners find that? Well, we have our song. It's called Over Again, and it is out uh, streaming now on all digital platforms. So, I know I, when I text um, Nikki the other night, I said, do y'all have a reality show? Is that why you're moving back to California? Because they are the cutest family. They're so fun. Oh. And I haven't gotten to meet um, Jaslyn and Jordan, who are older, but I've met yeah. Frankie, who is, <laughs> is, she, is she eight? She will be eight this weekend. Oh, my, I'm, I'm, you've never met you've never met anyone like this little girl. She is the <laughs> cutest, cutest thing, and she's hilarious. Like she's, she not, trying, so she's not trying to be hilarious. She just is. She's just and it, in a good way, and it's so fun. And I miss her so much. Um, that is just I love how God has just put your family together. And um, I wish we had more time to talk about that. But listen, really quick, what about Christmas? What's something fun that you and your family? Uh, Ooh, like I'm already preparing for Christmas. Any fun and, things you want to share with us? Yeah, well, you know, once October comes, I start Christmas shopping. <laughs> I do that um, too. I do that too. Yes. I don't like seeing a lot of money leave the account at once. So I like to spread it out over months of time. Um, and so we have like traditions now as a family, like we do our matching pajama nights and then we try to see one live show or play or nutcracker or something like we make it like a thing and we uh, start in november kind of decorating the house and getting all christmas stuff but i'm excited like my kids get so excited they know we christmas really hard in our house <laughs> so fun and tell me yeah. about, tell us about your um puppy rocky oh rocky is is my last child uh my you know little boy when I met Ryan I was like you know we I can have two more kids you know and and we were only able to have Frankie thank God um because I got sick after and so we weren't gonna be able to have any more kids and but Ryan was like well I feel like complete and all your kids are are my kids like so this is fine but we got Rocky 
And he is definitely our fourth child and second son. 